Welcome to the Bleep Bolivian Podcast with guest Benjamin, the dream wizard on his handwriting, episode four. So, but right now, I wanted to get to uh, my signature before we forget. It says to, uh, to your signature, yeah. shows that you place equal value on your first and second name and have a healthy ego. So how does that, uh, how does that work? Okay. So first of all, you have a very, uh, the healthy yeah, I saw, ego I is, the bottom of the is page. big. It's big. Like, it's I big mean, enough. I know that I'm, I'm going to try and post this on, uh, but this is for Oh, there you go. Yeah. There. Okay. And I tried so to do a variety the B of... and the O are large. Huge. Right. So that's a good, good, um, good self-esteem. That's a good ego, positive ego. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. And they're both yeah. the same size. So first and last name, equally important to you. Okay. Uh, the thing is, though, is where I'm saying that you've got unfinished business. And if you even look there, same thing. You've got both big. But look at yeah. the end. It drags. It just kind of squiggles out. There's unfinished business. Okay. Now, I, I did... I, so I put four four samples on there. Now this is how I would write my name out if I was trying to make it legible each letter. And yeah. then I went uh, yeah, to I the quick there. quick signatures in a variety of styles. Um, yeah. Most of the things I sign say I'm at work and I have to sign a, um, a medication count or something like that. I would sign it in the more legible form, so it, it doesn't end up actually being a signature as much as I simply write my name. Um, I, what, what I imagined was, uh, when I was oh, sorry, you talking about this. Okay. So when you're signing, are you talking about the top one? The top one is more when I'm like putting my quote unquote signature to a, say an official document or something. I would okay, more so sign it that pretty. way. Yeah. I try and make it more legible. I'm like, and you can see it, it is me who has written my name. Um, Yes. Yeah, that's what I get. What, what I get more. To. And if you and then, made that one as big and beautiful, that's more for success. Mm. So people who can read your signature. So let's say you're signing a book or whatever, yeah, whatever. That's what I if, thought of when I was legible. When, people will trust you more than if it's not like your other two. That's not. Yeah, there's two of them there that are more like you can't even tell. It's yeah. almost like just initials and squiggles. Yeah. Um, what I did on those bottom three was I, it, and I remember doing this as I was writing it out. I said, let's sign this as if I've got 500 books to sign at a book signing at, at Barnes and Noble. And I just need to get through them as quickly as possible. Eventually I'm going to stop being pretty and I'm just, let's just get this done. And I'm going to sign it out as fast as I can. Um, Which is but, what a lot of authors do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and then you try and develop you a would distinctive be better style off, so it's you recognizable. You would be better off signing just your name Benjamin where they can actually read it. Okay. Benjamin D, like with your big D, but because people can see the name. Gotcha. And, and, not, and I not know trying to that hide sounds, anything, yeah. Right. And, and that's a known fact that people will trust somebody who sees a signature, whether regardless Okay. I sign mine all out and it's really long, Laurie and Campbell. And then the other thing too, I like though the ending though, but, I, but, but I like, but I like, I do like, I do like those. This one's yeah. kind of a little bit more legible. You can tell it's supposed to be a J in there. As a yeah. Benjamin, <laughs> right? Benjamin. And then the D and with your line across, that's obviously something that's about you. 
Gotcha. Yeah. About your. I well, there's also do, uh, the signature. I, <laughs> I, I used to say, do a signature one. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Teaching, um, teaching people how to sign their name for success, signature for success. Well, you, I, I, I did, did point like this those. out too, is there's little, um, what looks like, one of them looks like a letter Y and the other one looks like a number two and the other one kind of looks like a number two. Those are yeah, supposed to be, those. What are those, those are supposed to be a smiley face. And I've gotten to the point where I just kind of, and and it doesn't look like a smiley face at all. Um, it's like I dot, I dot the I use usually dot the I on my. Well, I didn't do it. To, I didn't dot the J, but I did dot the I. Um, yeah, usually dot the J and the I if I'm doing like a trying to do a but full it's, formal signature. It gives you a um, like seriously, people wonder what it is. Mystery. Yeah, like what is that mysterious symbol? Yeah, maybe there's a part of my psychology that likes being a little mysterious. And uh, I also uh, actually the go... first one's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I would say, cool. um, what does it mean in in your in in the uh, uh, canon of of handwriting analysis to have a equal value on first and last name? Um, does that speak to your? Um, you know the the how it, you value yourself individually and your family. It means that you're proud of yourself and your and your roots. You're proud of your parents' roots and you're proud of yourself. Okay, good deal. That's kind of so, where I was going with it. Yeah. If if let's say you had the big B and it would mean that you're kind of hiding away from your your roots. If you had a not small very proud of your family B and a really big D, then you'd be saying my family is more important than I am. If you have a balance, it's the best ever. It means that you've got a really nice balanced life between your upbringing and who you are. I try to, <clears throat> I think that might be a guiding principle or feature in, in a way of my life is that trying to establish proper balance, trying to balance things out, balance the scales, um, you know, balance activity, balance my, my views of something and not, not to be too extreme. Now, some things I believe, you know, absolutely. And it's, that's as extreme as you can get is it is absolutely one thing and not the other. Um, but mostly, I think most things in life are a matter of, of striking that proper balance. So um, having a healthy respect for yourself and for where you came from and your family and, and, you know, val valuing your, your parents and, and what they did for you. And um, you know, that. Yeah. And I know also, that my Lorian is excellent. I, I definitely have my L the same size as my C. I'm proud of my candle world. <laughs> yep. And then having the healthy ego thing might also go back to um, the self-esteem thing. So I might be balancing my ego with the uh, moderate self-assessment, uh, I think is, is where it's at. It's like, yeah. uh, if I don't, yeah. if I let myself think I'm better than I am, oh, it'll get out of control. This is a problem. Uh, but by by the same token, it means don't worry about my uh, my self assessment being. Eh, I'm okay. My ego is plenty big. Because <laughs> your ego is plenty it. big. And and ego in some people, ways, yeah. And I I want the listeners to hear this. Some people say, okay, if you're egotistical, that's not good. And and there's other signs in handwriting that we can find that in. Um, in oh, yeah. your pride, where you know the D line goes way high up, you're too prideful. Yeah. That makes your ego a negative ego. But having a positive ego 
uh, along with self-esteem, but if you're happy at five, that's good too. And and, yeah. a, and a reasonable self-confidence, very important so that when you look in the mirror, you're going, hey, you know what? I'm pretty cool. I love me. And saying that is okay. I can tell myself I love me. So my ego is healthy. There's ego healthy. There's overblown ego, which is not that the world don't like them, man. Like they just don't. They don't like people <laughs> with bigger egos than the person should have. But a healthy ego is important oh, to yeah. self-love. Yeah, yeah. and then that, that balance as well, that. too. Well, and then we we get the term ego broadly, our modern understanding of it. I mean, I think ego was actually a character from Greek mythology. I can't remember which one. And that's where Freud got it. And now we kind of refer to the Freudian analytical conception of yeah. ego. So you've got the id, the ego, and the superego. Mm -hmm. You've got the, you know, the id being... Yeah. raw animal instinct in, in that way, our, our drives and passions, the things that we can't put, even put words to. Um, and then we've got the ego, which is kind of our sense of self that is yes. informed by um, a, a combination of interactions with the id and the superego. And the superego is kind of society, parents, the, the um, authority figures of all kinds, like medical authorities, uh, you know, a, philosophical yep. religious authorities um where we get our concept of right and wrong and how we're supposed to interact with the world so we're always in tension the ego is basically in tension between our primal drives and socialization and it's kind of his his concept so you will have an ego you are your ego in some ways and it needs yeah. to be the right size and shape and function yep. for the situation it needs to be in proper tension between you can't ignore your drives. We die. We don't reproduce. We, we can't be just a slave to society either because we got to be an individual. And uh, this is another funny thing about, you know, collective, collective, the idea of society. What is it? What am I trying to say? The idea that we are a social animal, but the, but we each have individual value as well. So there can't be um, the individual doesn't matter. It's all about whether the collective survives and it can't be the individual, you know, man is an Island, the individual at all costs, even if it destroys society, there has to be that proper balance or it gets out of control and it doesn't work for anybody. Um, <clears throat> long story short on that one. That's what, those were all my thoughts. <laughs> Give them the ego. <laughs> so you're right. By yeah. the way, to your ego, it's funny yeah. because I have um, a friend at work. And of course I get everybody to sign their stuff. And I went to one guy go, Hey man, stop crossing over your knee backwards. That's not good stuff. And he said, he only started doing that since he moved to Canada because he's from oh. Costa Rica. And he said, I used to sign my name more open. And it, the, the, the underscore was under. And I said, but it's still going backwards. You're still having problems with your past, but now you're crossing out your whole name, which is showing oh. that you don't, and he said, you're right. And then I have another, but there's one girl and she signs it similar to you, like the two big like letters, but you can't read anything, but she ah, just yeah. goes like this and she's excited. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I mean, she might be a little bit like somewhat, she lives kind of a similar life to me. She lives with her mother. Her father passed away. She has a basement apartment in the house of her mom. She does the same thing. And she goes home and she does her thing. But I thought, you know what? If I was going to hang out with anyone, I want to hang out with you. Yeah. <laughs> people with those kind of egos, if they really like someone, when you get together with them, they're fun. They're very expressive and uh, and supportive. And, you know, they, they care about you and having a good time, too. Fun to be around. Yes. Mm -hmm. Not like the little person who signs their name like this. No, no, no. No, yeah. they would be 
they would be fun to go and sit with to talk about uh, computer programming. Mm-hmm. Um, accounting. Be a very, very good step-by-step tutorial instructor. <laughs> if you need somebody to help you out, definitely, definitely. But yeah. if you want to have fun, yeah, go with the people who are like with the big signatures. And anyway, that's just all fun. Everybody's oh, yeah. great. But I'm just saying, if you're trying to find your equal to, handwriting could do that. Yeah. You can actually find your, you know, favorite person. I mean, you just, instead of just going on dating sites, when you do, you make sure that you do a handwriting analysis so you know exactly yeah. whether they're compatible with you or not. Yeah, for go. sure. And then, um, you know, the the other thing on here that I didn't want it. So it's a, it also shows that you have unfinished business. Now, here's an interesting thing yeah. that will very often occur in therapy sessions. And I think this was originally discovered back around Freud, Freud's time is he would call it resistance. Uh, the idea that you'll hit upon something, you'll say mm, something the person is uncomfortable with and they will change the subject. Now it might've seemed like I was doing that. Oh, let's get away from that. I don't want to talk about that. And, but I'm bringing it back on purpose because I was aware. Did I do that on purpose or no? I, often I just follow my train of thought and I've got a million things to say and okay, I'll get to that eventually. But I like to challenge myself. This is the self knowledge part of acquiring knowledge. Like, okay, I don't like the idea that I have unfinished business. That doesn't sound good. So let's actually look at that on purpose and not avoid it. Um, I, I would say, you know, just broad strokes. I'm not a fan of the past, my own past. Uh, I don't live in the past. I'm a great nostalgia. Uh, childhood was not the best time of my life. Nobody's fault. You know, my parents were, you know, I wasn't abused. I didn't have a bunch of tragedies. I just didn't like it. I think now is one of the best times of my life. And I think things are getting better. I have more of a future uh, now to future orientation. I want to know where I'm going. I want to know what's next. So, and then, then that brings to mind the um, kind of, I don't know if it's a Buddhist or broadly just Asian conception of, you know, the person who lives in the, in the future is anxious. The person who lives in the past is depressed. That's kind of that broad strokes idea yeah. of it. Um, you know, things were better yesterday and that means tomorrow is not going to be as good as today. Uh, that's kind of the depression side of things and anxiety of living in the future is I'm always worried about what could go wrong or, or making sure things don't go wrong. Um, that is me specifically, but those are some broad strokes, things that people have said about those general orientations. I do have more of a focus of trying to live in the now, but definitely if I had to say, you know, a forced choice, which was better for you, remembering the past or looking forward to the future, I'd say definitely future. Um, so that, that might feed into the, um, uh, conception of unfinished business maybe or or yeah. trailing off the, the back end of my last name um i don't know what you might yeah. have to say about any of that yeah that would be that would be it's it sounds like that i mean i i don't have that but i've seen a lot of people sign like that and i mean i have to watch who i talk to when i if i know there's a client that i have that i really like and they're okay with me then i tell them hey i'm a handwriting analyst and you might one stop right scratching over your name it's it's self-abuse it, it's, oh. it's self de de degradation when you go and you sign your name and cross over it i mean the name is the most important thing in most for most people right like i'm proud of my name i don't know if you are but i am it's mine yeah. it's given to you so people who do that it's it's a it's a it's a self-degradation and 
and something from the past because they're going backwards. Mm. And they have to deal with that, whether it's through, hello, whether it's through therapy or because there's more to it than I think I could even do with handwriting when somebody does that. Like, that's awful. Um, And I watch that and I see it and I'm going, oh, uh, and, and like I said, my colleague said to me, yeah, he, he never did, but he's still with the back line. Anything that's got a back line on it, there's something in your past you've got to deal with. Mm-hmm. And your D's have a little mm-hmm. bit of that. Okay. And you may not know what it is. That's the thing. And I can't tell you, but there's definitely yeah. a little something in your D. Well, yeah. And something, sometimes all you can do is tell people, point them in the right direction and say, if you look over there, you might see something. And there yeah. is something there, maybe. And neither one of us may know what it is or ever figure it out. But yeah. that doesn't mean it isn't it isn't there. Or try um, just try just <clears throat> writing your D's with a straight line down in that and whatever it is may go away. I don't. But anyway. Yeah. Well, th- this kind of brings us to uh, angle and tilt. This is okay. Slant to the handwriting, 125 to 135. Yeah. Now, um, I, I tend to write, and you, you may have seen, you know, in the videos, I tend to write with the paper at almost 45 degree angle and I write upwards away from myself. Um, yeah. If, if a paper were completely oriented in front of me and I couldn't move it, um, number one, it would need to be over here so that I wasn't writing. Uh, so I would have to write over so here. Write I've done that before too, but, <laughs> but I almost always tilt the paper as well. So I don't know if that is okay. Everybody does. No. So that's actually not a factor or come, no. come on. It- Go go ahead. Okay, his cat's <laughs> trying to write for us. She wants right? her handwriting now. Take the pen. <laughs> Take the pen. Let's put a. Let's oh, put wouldn't a pen. that be weird? You want to try to catch it in her fur? I can't. It won't. It doesn't work. <laughs> oh, funny. Uh, Maybe... No, that won't make a difference. Okay. Um, you basically you it, there's there's an angle that you find, and I did. It was difficult with you too because I had to find there's certain letters you can get the angle on and certain ones you can't. You can't on a T, obviously. You can do on an M. Yeah. <laughs> you can do it on a W. Um, and then you find the angle, and you and this definitely is important that you get yeah, you get more than one. So I'm laughing, kids, because here we are um uh, with a cat that won't leave him alone again. Right. She's so cute. <laughs> okay. So this, yeah, the slant is based on those and, and they're not easy to find. I found out that ultimately uh, five out of seven of yours were one thir- 125 to 135 angle. Okay. So I felt that I was comfortable. Now, this list that I gave you is an overview of possibilities of people with those angles. So I'm okay. not going to say you're hundred percent of any one of those, but that's a personality overview, character traits overview of people who write gotcha. in that angle. And then what is the, um, in the, in the hand handwriting glossary ambivert? What does that mean? Ambivert. You can write with your right and left. Oh, if you tried. Well, I, I think I can. I mean, I think anybody can. I don't want to say that like dismissively. Yeah, but, but some, idea, I know when I write, but it's really, with my left hand, it's really like bad. scribble BB. Yeah. Now, one thing that made me think of is um, I played drums left, for right, years. Right. And so I have a kind of um, equal facility. It's like a left that, brain, right brain. 
left brain, right, right brain, right? So, because gotcha. if somebody, usually they say that people who write with the right hand is left brain, the ones who write with the left hand is like they're opposites, right? To your brain. Gotcha. gotcha. But you're able to work both sides. I would say that's it's quite true. And I'm always, uh, you know, seek balance of heart and mind, that kind of thing. Like I'm trying to balance emotion and, and rationality uh, in that yeah. sense. So ambivert could cover a lot of ground. Um, oh, and yeah. I, and the other thing, too, you were talking about where you can actually, you know, be very creative, but you're also very process oriented when it comes to yeah. I'm like very you that way. Creative. I have that. <laughs> yeah, I have Excel spreadsheets watching everything. And yet I'm out there doing videos, but everything has to be a process for me, too. For sure. So I get that. And then when I saw the word uh, outgoing, this thing came to mind is like, uh, I love going with these associations. Why did I think that? I don't know. It's just the first thing that popped into my head. Um, there's a group of people and we are awkwardly thrown together and someone's got to break the ice. That's going to be me. I'm going to be the guy to go. So I'm Ben. Hi, how, how's everybody doing? Cause I'm not going to sit there in awkward silence. Now there's nothing wrong right. with silence and it doesn't have to be awkward, but it is because of the nature of the situation. And I'll just be the guy to put himself out there and go, whatever. I don't, so what if I look stupid or so what if people think I'm, you know, look at me, like someone's got to say, Oh, I was at a, uh, my wife and I went to a musical cabaret uh, in, in Portland, Oregon. This was 10 years ago. Um, uh, there's a gal named storm large who was a, okay. So she is a singer in a band and I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, even uh, she was a fan of, uh, or a friend of this radio show my wife and I both listened to. Long story short, we went to go see her sing and dance and act in uh, the musical cabaret. The lights came down, the song ended, the uh, actors and dancers froze on the stage, and it was dead silence in the theater. And it went on and on. Everyone thought, oh, is this the end of the show? We're not sure. Uh, are we going to start clapping and they're going to jump up and lights are going to come on? Was this just a pause? And it went on for almost a full minute. And I'm like, okay, this is the end of the show. And I started the clap. I was the first person to let's, let's, let's go. This is it. Let's cause those, yeah. the, the poor actors are on stage going, Oh my God, just start clapping so we can move. Cause they're frozen. They're holding themselves oh, in these positions. I can see some of them starting to shake and I'm like, this cannot continue. So I look at the word outgoing and I think I'm the guy in the theater who's going to start the clapping. Cause yeah. the, the, I'm going to make the call the shows over. <laughs> and there's the healthy ego thing. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. I'll be the one who's embarrassed, whatever. <laughs> Uh, yeah love uh, that story yeah and it shows affection i like to think i do i've got my own unique style i like people to feel comfortable and you've got me. a dog and a cat all over you all the time so yes yeah <laughs> well that's that that's that phys physicality that tactile uh, thing i some people are like oh my god get away from me quit rubbing on me i'm like i like it just not on the papers i need these <laughs> you know <laughs> Um, and then on there, I'd say expressive. Yeah. Well, and also what are, um, what are some of the opposites of these? So outgoing would be more reserved. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so in a slant, we're going to just quickly, so you've got yours, yep. which, um, uh, give me one second. I'm going to run away for a sec. Hold on. Sure. I'm I getting it. This, so this is me acquiring, exact. this is me acquiring exactly. knowledge. I'm getting an education in handwriting. <laughs> All right. Let me grab this. I'm still here. Okay. 
Alrighty. So we have you. So we have the FA writer, and that would be somebody who writes to the left. Okay. Those people hold everything in. Mm. Everything. And you never know when they're going to blow. Ah. Right? Because everything is just pushed down. Then you have your AB writer, which is up and down, and they're incredibly logical. Um, they can still be fun, but they're very logical. Like they, they take logic to an extreme. Mm. Uh, then we've got your, you're the, I believe you're the BC, which is the next over 125 to 135. And this is what we're talking. They're expressive yet logical. When you start getting to the CD, the DE and the E, they become more and more emotional. So the response uh. to emotion becomes further and further so more sensitive uh like if you have an e plus somebody writes like this like all the way to the right yeah um yeah if if you even look at them the wrong way they're going to start bawling their eyes out okay so it is again a balance on the spectrum between it, you know pro properly emotional and properly rational which that's we've right. also kind of established. Yeah, that's why I like to be. In so the, so we of, would we would be showing something like this. There's the different ah. scales that you would have. And yeah. so you would be more you were more in the BCCD, but you're not the AB, but okay. you're you're not the DE or E, which is where the more emotional exit are. And gotcha. this part over this, ooh, this side here, anybody on this side? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> the further the slant left, the more they hold in, and there's, I that they're yeah too much pressure. They're holding in a heck of a yeah. lot of stuff, so you never know when they're going to just explode like a volcano. Yeah, and then subject to appeals of the heart, uh, I think so. You know, I don't want, I don't enjoy seeing people suffer, and so you know, if there's if there's some argument to alleviating suffering, I'm going to tend to, yeah, that moves me. Uh, Maybe, and then I try to be logical. Maybe more it moves me more than I should. Maybe I should be a little more analytical <laughs> and moderately moody. I can, I can, I don't switch on a dime, but you know, sometimes I get in a mood and it's a little unpredictable. It's like well, we talked about off. your little eyes there with the little irritability thing. <laughs> so that would yeah. be your moderately well, moody. Sometimes, sometimes it's uh, you know something other people do, and I'm like, okay, now I'm kind of irked. You, you're yeah. getting on my nerves, and sometimes it's just I. I think about things that are upsetting and then I'm in a mood thinking about upsetting things. And sometimes we got to ponder upsetting things and it's okay for things to be upsetting. But uh, then, yeah, then I'm in a mood regarding something that's entirely in my head. Just, just a thought. It's just a thought. Now I'm having a mood. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. Be sure to visit me at bleepbulimia.com.